Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Emotional Management. A weekly checkup from the neck up with Dr. Christian Conti. Brought to you by Summit Psychology Services. On KDKA Radio. Happy Monday. It is April Fool's Day, April 1st. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. If you want to be a part of the show tonight, the number is 866-391-1020, and you can email us on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. Listen, it's April Fool's Day, and I, I never get anybody on April Fool's. I'm just telling you I don't, but my wife gets me every year, and she got me again this year. She gets me right when she, she wakes me up to get me. I mean, that's but she's good. She's good. She gets me every year. Um, this weekend was amazing, and it's something that I want to share because when you talk about emotional management, well, we all have emotions. My, you, you've heard my tagline, there are two kinds of people in the world. There are people who have issues and dead people. We all have issues. On top of that, we all have emotions. We experience emotions and we deal with those emotions. And it's wise to understand that emotions are natural. And it's about understanding really how to cope with what we experience and how to uh, embrace them at times. And this weekend, my goodness, did we embrace emotions. Our daughter was the uh, lead in uh, Beauty and the Beast. She was Belle and she was spectacular. Um, it was pretty uh, unreal. I mean, was, I was really speechless for a person who speaks a lot for a living. I was absolutely speechless. And what I was really amazed by, of course, uh, I was just incredibly amazed by our daughter, but I was also really just amazed by all of the kids. I, I thought the kids were fantastic. Um, the what the the teacher who who led this really just kind of put it all together in a beautiful way. The parents who helped uh, get all of it uh, put together. They did it in such a beautiful way. So it kind of was a, a really wonderful way to see a community come together, work together, give children a really positive, healthy outlet, give entertainment to the community. Um, and I believe if we had more events like that, that would be a wonderfully healthy outlet for young people. I think it's so important you talk about dealing with emotions. I think it's really important for young people to get involved in extracurricular activities. I think when anytime they can do it and then truly understand what it's about, to understand the nature, what the, what role they're playing in it, understand how to not take themselves too seriously. That's one of the most beautiful things about um, entertainment or, or any kind of thing on stage or theater is you're learning that you're up in front of people and sometimes you say things the way you want to, sometimes you don't, and you've got to learn how to not take yourself uh, seriously. You also have to learn how to project yourself. So the kids were just phenomenal and I cannot say enough. I mean, just blown away. 
So that was my weekend, and it was really just amazing. So I, so I thought I'd share that with you. I appreciate every week the people who are tuning in every week. And if this is your first time tuning in, uh, I definitely appreciate having you here. I'm, I'm here to help answer the questions that you have. I do a YouTube channel. If you go to YouTube and you just look at uh, Dr. Christian Conte, C-O-N-T-E, uh, you'll find my videos. And I try to just make different videos on different aspects of life. I, it's funny because, so I created a theory called Yield Theory. My book's coming out this year about Yield Theory. And uh, what, I've, what I've done really since I was young, when I was young, I, I loved uh, philosophy and well, there was a philosopher named uh, GWF Hegel and he was very esoteric. I mean, this guy, he would write in such convoluted ways that you would read, you know, four or five paragraphs for him to say one thought. And I remember reading him thinking, I never want to make things this difficult for people to understand. I remember when we would uh, study different philosophers, they would use the same term to mean different things in different uh, descriptions of their philosophies. So I thought, why make things so difficult for people? Why, why not make things simple? So I've spent my career dedicated to making things really simple for people. I try to take esoteric concepts and just break them down in a way that a child can understand them. And it's, it's so funny because if I, if I would ever say something and it wasn't clear enough, there would be people who would criticize that and say, listen, you need to make that simple, more simple for me, more simplified for me. And if it's too simple, people say, well, it's just too simple. And I was laughing the other day. I encountered somebody who was like, uh, all oh, that yield theory, that's just basic psychology stuff. Well, there are some components that are, I've made completely easy to understand. There are also some really in-depth components to it as well. But I had to laugh because a story came to mind when I heard that uh, feedback because it was, you know, I had some people that were saying it was uh, difficult to understand uh, some components and other people were saying, man, it's just too simple. So there was a man and his son and they were going to take their donkey into town to sell it. And so they, um, they were walking the donkey into town to sell it, and uh, they came across a group of people, and the group of people said, uh, well, why aren't you riding the donkey? And the man said, yeah, that's right. I should, uh, I should ride the donkey. So he got up on the donkey, and he started to ride it. And they got to another group of people, and they said, why would you ride that donkey and make your son walk? That's really messed up. So he got off, and his son got on the donkey. So now they get to another group of people and they said, man, the son's, your son is riding the donkey and you're, you're just walking along. Like that's ridiculous. So then the father and the son got on the donkey and they're, and they're riding the donkey. And so they're going into town to sell this donkey. And they came across another group of people and said, man, two of you are on the donkey. You're going to break the donkey's back before you even get into town. And so they thought, yeah, they're right. So they, they tied the donkey's feet to a stick and they carried the donkey into town. Now, as they're carrying the donkey into town, they go across a bridge and people see this scene and they just start cracking up, laughing at them. I can't believe these people are carrying their donkey instead of riding it. And they laugh so hard that the people are, that the man and the son are embarrassed and they drop the donkey, he falls in the river and he drowns. And the moral of the story is this. In trying to please everyone, you will please no one, and you'll lose your ass in the whole process. The ass being the donkey, of course. The reality is this. Uh, you cannot please everyone, and if you seek to try to please everyone, you're going to let people down. But there is a, a real great strive in many people to try to please people. So what will they do? They'll say, uh, what do you think of me? What do you think of me? And if you don't 
root your feet firmly in the ground, then you're going to get knocked this way and that way. There's a difference. And I'm going to talk tonight about kind of my secret on why I can accept feedback so well, what I've learned to do. And I'm going to share that with you tonight and what you can do to accept feedback uh, more effectively. And I'm talking about how you can accept more feedback more effectively. And then also how to not just give up your opinion or your thoughts or whatever, just because someone comes along and thinks differently. So how to find that balance between staying rooted in what you are and what you think, and also being open to learning. That's a balance. There's a balance to it. And if you want to talk, um, I definitely would love to hear from you. The number is 866-391-1020, or the dollar bank instant access is kdkaradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. We're also going to talk about anger and depression tonight, and you might be struggling with anger. You might be struggling with depression. If you are, call me, 866-391-1020. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. The number for the show is 866-391-1020. Feel free to call in. It's radio. A lot of times people are nervous to call in. Um, I've got a lot of emails I'm going to answer tonight, um, but I was I always tell people when I respond in emails, you're welcome to call in. We can talk. We could have a dialogue. I love being able to have that dialogue with you. So if you if you want to call in, even if you want to make up a name, you can do that. Um, the number is 866-391-1020. And of course, Dollar Bank Instant Access is kdkaradio.com. And you can also text us at 866-391-1020 as well. But uh, so I have a, an, an email here on the Dollar Bank Instant Access um, from Frank. He says, I have a serious anger issue. And since finding, following you and practicing the things that you teach, I feel better and angry less often. The problem I have is I've lashed out at my wife of seven years now so often. So how do I go about repairing the damage done from my anger? I know it doesn't happen overnight. I'm just looking for some guidance. Frank, that's a great, great question. Um, so first of all, I appreciate you following my work and uh, and finding some practicality in some of the things that I share. I definitely appreciate that. So here's here's the deal. When you are... When you know you've messed something up because you've used your, you can, you understand, you have that insight. Oh my goodness. I can see that my anger has been an issue. My anger has hurt someone. So let's say you, you've recognized that. And I love that. Here's what happens all too often. As soon as people have the insight that they are, have caused pain once they get that insight really fast, they want other people to have that insight that they now have that insight. So follow me on this. In my anger management groups, I co-founded a center for people convicted of violent crimes in uh, Northern California. And one of the things that we would see is when guys would begin to start to make changes, people around them would want to put them back in the box that they were in when they were exploding out of anger, when they were doing things impulsively. Uh, and erratically. And what would happen is the guys would get really frustrated. They said, well, why am I making these changes if everyone's going to see me for who I was? So, and Frank, I make you aware of this because I think it's really profound to understand the association that has been made between when you get angry and what you might do. Because once you understand that association and you realize, okay, hold on a second. If you walk in a room and you flip a light switch 
and a light goes on. You start to associate, when I flip that light switch, a light goes on. Okay, well, now maybe after a while, let's say the light burns out and no one ever changes it. After a while, you stop trying to flip that switch because you say, well, it's not going to. But for a while, you're still going to keep you're still going to keep trying to flip that switch. So the same is true when it comes to people and what you've trained them to or how you've trained them to respond to your anger. So maybe you have in the past responded much maybe much more with much more anger than the situation warranted and now you're saying okay well i'm changing but how do i repair this damage well the first is to recognize that association and realize okay there is a reason so specifically let's talk about with you and your wife there your wife has seen for seven years you uh you know you lashing out in anger and now when you go to change it's going to take some time for her to really see that difference Remember, people only see your actions, not your intentions. So you might have the best of intentions to not lash out in anger anymore. And I can believe that. I really can. Now, listen, here's the thing. I believe that your intentions might be, I'm not going to do it anymore, but I believe that behavioral patterns take a while to change. Behavioral patterns take a while to change. And while they're taking a while to change, there are people are going to tend to see you how you were. It's going to be a while for people to see you differently. It doesn't mean that they won't acknowledge that, but, and we also have to account for this. And this is really interesting. So all of us, and I think this is, I've I've thought about this earlier today. If someone sees you the same way you were 20 years ago, that is much more reflective of that person than of who you are. If you've changed a lot over 20 years and someone comes and they say, well, this is, I know what he's like, or I know what she's like. I, I knew them 20 years ago. Well, people do change. People absolutely change. Think about the changes in your own life. You've made a lot of changes in your life. There have been, there's been an evolution for you, but we have a tendency to box people in. So once we, once we see people a certain way, we have a tough time getting out of that. So, it's really important to be patient with other people when they see you in that old pattern. So I think one of the greatest things that you can do right now, Frank, to, to begin that healing process is acknowledge how you might have reacted and how you're reacting differently. And, uh, you know, even be so open with your wife to say, you know, I'm really sorry out of the blue randomly. I'm really sorry that I would have responded this. I would have responded this intensely in the past because I really, it wasn't, this situation wouldn't call for that kind of anger. I think that's really, really important to do. So my best advice to you, Frank, is this, be patient with others, even when they're not patient with you, even if, because there might be things that you do that are subtle, that are so subtle that your wife sees, she picks up on and she says, nope, here it comes, here it comes. And from your, end, from your end, you only see your intentions. Like, I'm not about to explode. But from her end, she sees, okay, uh, I see that look in his eyes. And I, I associate that look with him exploding. So it's really important for you to be patient. I think the more patient you are with others, that it's going to take time for them to see you differently, the better off you're going to be. Look, there's a saying in systems theory, in family systems theory, and the saying is, when the patient gets better, the family gets sick. Think about that. When the patient gets better, the family gets sick. In any given system, 
it operates a certain way. So there's something called homeostasis where uh, a family kind of goes into particular roles and there are, that's just the way they, those are the dynamics of the family. Let's say there's someone who is the identified patient and maybe they are kind of, they're the one that the family looks at and says, look, they're the problem. They're the problem. And so all of a sudden when that problem gets better, now the family gets sick because now the family has to assume that space in that role that wasn't, that was, that's no longer there. And so they start to really become dysfunctional because they're trying to find the new homeostasis, the new balance. And here's the challenge with that mentality that there's one person to blame in a family. The challenge with that is this, as long as you believe it's someone else in your family, that it's another person, then you are missing blindly what you're doing to contribute to the problem. You're missing blindly. And that's a, that's, that means the system will continue to operate in that way. It is really challenging for people to take feedback that what they're doing is contributing to some chaos that's contributing to issues. It's really challenging. People get so defensive when they're made aware that they might be contributing to chaos because maybe they have the absolute best of intentions to not contribute to chaos. Maybe their, their intentions are, I want to heal the situation. I'm going to fix the situation in that moment. Their intentions are pure and good, but their actions, the way they might be coming across, um, can be contributing to that chaos. And if you're not aware of it, you'll continue to do it and you'll continue in the same pattern. So it's really important to understand what you bring to relationships, what you bring to family systems and come back to focus on the only person you can change, which is you. And we're going to get into that because there's going to be. There are going to be times when your family is probably giving you feedback, when your friends, your loved ones, your coworkers are giving you feedback, and there's probably a part of you that just gets really defensive when that happens and says, no, I didn't mean to be doing that, so I can't be doing that. And there's a difference between what you meant to do and what you're actually doing. People see your actions, not your intentions. If you want to talk about this, the number is 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank Instant Access is kdkaradio.com. Or you can text me at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. I'd love to hear from you, 866-391-1020. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. Hey, this is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. I get fired up when the music comes in on the intro. The number is 866-391-1020. If you want to be a part of the show, let's go to the phone lines. Uh, Bethany from Chicago. Bethany, you are on KDKA. Hi, um, I'm sorry. I'm really nervous. No, um, no worries. Thanks. Like, no worries. It, it just—I can't believe I'm talking to you. This is just like—I'm very excited. So I might be like giggling through this. That's all right. Okay. I'm ex- so, um, I'm um I'm a teenage girl in high school. Um, I'm a sophomore, and I've been dealing with some mental health struggles for a long time. And sometimes I cope with my depression by uh, lashing out through anger. And it's like, for the past few weeks, it's gotten uh, increasingly worse to the point where I'll, like, try to, like, leave the house. One time it was, um, like, 
around eight, and I just, like, I just needed to step outside and, like, cry because I also have this problem that I feel like I need to put up a wall. Um, and, like, show, like, a confident face instead of, or, like, being angry instead of, like, being sad and, like, being vulnerable. Ah, uh, that's, that's um, important. Real- that's powerful right there. That's, but listen, let me, let me just hit on that for a minute, Bethany, because that's powerful to feel like you have to show an angry face because you might feel vulnerable if people saw that you're really hurting inside, that you're really sad inside. Yeah. And, and I think that like, that's, first of all, I need you to know that's, that's not, um, that's common. That is common. So I don't want you to feel like, oh, there's something wrong with me for that. Because I think a lot of people feel mm-hmm. like anger is more accepted. Like it's more accepted to say, I'm really fired up. I'm, I'm, I'm furious right now than it is to say I'm hurting. Like I'm in pain right now. Um, but I believe that it really takes courage and strength sometimes just share look I'm in a lot of pain right now. This is, I'm hurting. And sometimes, sometimes you could be hurting. And not even know why, like your body, you could be, you could be going through changes. You could have hormones that are yeah. going on. And yeah. that doesn't mean that has nothing to do with just your age. That has to do with all of us as human beings. Like we could be experienced times where our hormones are kicked in and we are feeling really agitated or we're feeling really sad and we don't even understand why. So one of the first things that I would uh, want to share with you is when we can step back and really start like almost step outside yourself and assess like, wow, what's going on with her stomach right now? Her stomach seems really upset or she seems really sad, but she doesn't even have anything that she can pinpoint that's making her sad. Do you find that happening mm-hmm. at times where you're not even, you don't have ex- anything exactly to be sad over? Yeah. Yeah, that happens a lot. And it stresses me out and it kind of makes me more angry because I'm like, okay, there's no reason for me to be sad. And I'm just angry at myself because I don't know why I'm sad. And I don't like, I don't have a reason for it. So in my head, I'm like, I shouldn't be sad because there's no reason to be sad. Yeah. I'm so grateful that you called in because these are some things that I really want to hit on with you. Like one of them, well, one of them is, and you're doing awesome. So you don't have nothing to be nervous about. (laughs) So one of the things is this, um, when we're sad, when we're, um, uh, sad, we, that feels awful. Like the, the type of chemicals that are flowing through us when we're sad feel so awful that we would rather lash out in anger because when we lash out in anger, you have endorphins that kick in. So kind of like if you're exercising and you step on something, it doesn't hurt as badly as if you step on something in the middle of the night whenever you're not exercising. Because when you're exercising, you have all those endorphins flowing through your body. That's the feel-good hormones that say... Uh, I'm I can take that pain in this moment. They help us. And so when you're angry and you lash out, you experience those things. And that's why it feels better to lash out than it does to sit in that pain. That's really interesting. I also had another question. Is it okay if I ask two questions? Yes, 100%. No, 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 no. You got it. I want to ask you because <laughs> I'll hit on something else with you too in a minute. So go ahead. Give me another question. Okay. So I find myself like on a scale of one to 10, like one being like calm and 10 being like extraordinarily angry, like screaming at the top of my lungs and like not being able to like speak, um, like articulate myself in a calm way, in a nonviolent way. I usually like a lot of the times I go from like a three to a seven really, really fast. And sometimes I don't even realize it. Mm. And I want like help to know like how to realize like when I'm actually getting there and what, um, what I can do in that moment 
to help calm myself down so I don't, like, start yelling and screaming and, like, getting really angry and saying hurtful things. So my guess is, just based off this conversation so far, you're a very thoughtful person. I'm guessing that if a friend came (laughs) to you and said these things to you, you would be more patient with her. You would probably be like, Mm -hmm. okay, let's be easy on yourself. But when it comes to you on yourself, you're harder on yourself. So I almost want you to speak to yourself as though you are your friend, because when you're your friend, you'll be able to step back and and be more objective that, okay, my body's going through some stuff right now. It doesn't feel good. But here's what happens. When our body doesn't feel good, our mind races to make sense out of why your body's feeling the way it is. So you might start saying, "I, I shouldn't be feeling like this. This is awful. I can't take this. And then you get heated really quickly. But if you can catch those thoughts and say, you know what, my body feels really uncomfortable right now, but it's not the end of the world, and there's a beginning, middle, and end to this, and I will get through this, then you will get through it so much more mindfully, Bethany. Thank you so much. Um, I appreciate so much that you picked up my call. My mom had, like, only a few weeks ago shown me your videos, and um, it just, like amazed me how like insightful you are and that it's like I didn't know there could be like a profess like a profession to like not (laughs) not like deal with anger management but like the amount of like insight condensed into your videos was like amazing to me and every time I watched one even like the three minute ones it just astonished me how much you could perfectly fit into that video and not like skip on anything or make it like 20 minutes long for no reason. Bethany, that made my day. I appreciate that. I thank you so much. I really work. I put my heart and soul into that and I try to do those videos concisely. So we don't waste, I hate hate to waste people's time. So I definitely want to make those videos concise. So thank (laughs) you so much. I want to say, I love your tattoos. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate (laughs) it. Bethany, you hang in there and you keep being objective. You look at yourself and be easy on yourself, please. Thank you so much. Definitely. Bye. Take care, everybody. Uh, so that's just so powerful. I think I think the stuff that Bethany is going through is it's very common, and I think it's really important for listeners out there to really understand that it's. I think a lot of people do what Bethany does, which I'm, I can tell in her voice. She'll be kind to others and be patient with others, but then be hard on herself. And so it's really important. Uh, Bethany, for you to continue to be easy on yourself and recognize, look, when we feel a certain way, we don't necessarily have to make up a story to explain it. Sometimes we can just sit with it and say, you know what, this is how I feel right now. And it just is what it is. Let's go to uh, Rebecca on line two. Rebecca, you are on uh, KDKA radio. You with me, Rebecca? Oh, I am. I am. I'm sorry. Wonderful. Go. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I just definitely, I can relate to the girl that called in before and would have you know, my own piece of advice after several, maybe 10 years of therapy and such. But uh, again, not to waste anyone's time, I wanted to ask you a question regarding um, my best friend in a situation that um, involves, like, her dad was just diagnosed with three different forms of cancer in his 60s, 70s, but 
her brother and the mental issues that he's dealing with and how he's dealing with the situation. Mm. What's, what are they doing? What are they showing you? Um, so my best friend lives in another town, so we talk all the time, and she's very much, like, very straightforward. I'm more the emotional type, and she, like, thinks very straightforward and practical and rational. And something that I admire about her, her brother, on the other hand, um, is very much, like, on the side of my side, the emotional side and such. But he has some seriously strong mental issues, and she um, kind of, like, fears for her parents in the condition of just finding out the cancer with her father a week ago and the difficulty that her brother is giving, who is in close proximity to her parents versus where she lives. Um, Very almost, like, dangerous and um, confusing and shocking as far as how he's dealing with it compared to her when they came from the same family, obviously. Well, I mean, I think people, no matter if they're in the same family or not, can experience things vastly differently. There are so many things that go sure. into it, and, and and there's no one right way to experience it, so those experiences are going to be different. But what I'd like to do is actually get into this a little bit more with you, if you could hold on as we get through this next uh, break, and uh, if you were, if you're willing to hang on, I'd like to yeah. uh, keep talking to you about this. So we're gonna we're gonna come right back for sure. This is emotional management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. You're listening to Emotional Management with Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This is emotional management. Right before the break, we started talking with uh, Rebecca. Rebecca is um, has some friends who are their fathers going through a lot of uh, really serious stuff, serious physical health symptoms, and her friends both. What is it? Is it a brother and a sister? Is that correct? Yeah, my best friend um, lives in a town a few hours away, so she also lives a few hours away from her parents. But then her brother, she's 40-some, 44, her brother's uh, almost 50, I guess, and dealing, it lives, like, right on the property in, like, a rural area. Mm. And my best friend, I agree, everybody deals with things differently, but he's been a problem the whole lifetime or whatever. Um, He's dealing with it in a very emotional way versus my best friend who deals with everything in life in a very rational, straightforward, non-emotional way. And she actually fears for the safety of her parents, given the, like, erratic behavior of her brother and the fact that a week ago they had this bomb dropped on them, and now, you know, her mom's healthy, but they live in this property. He's right there. He's got erratic behavior. And she feels three hours away. What does she do? How does she deal with it? And I don't, I feel bad. It's my best friend. I don't know what to tell her. Yeah, I mean, I think you saying that part to her is definitely more helpful than you probably could realize because to know that that she, for her to know that you care so much that you wish you had the right answers, that means more to people than having the right answers because I'm not sure any of us has just the right answers. Um, so that's huge as far as letting giving her that support and letting her know you support her with that. But let me back up for a, question, a quick moment. Did you, did I think I hear you say that they, she feels fears for their safety with him around like he might do something uh violent or that he might just break down is it um violence towards them 
but also um, comments of, which is not uncommon, but comments of, I'm just going to go shoot myself, like suicidal comments. Yeah, so he's so the the most rational thing she can do right now is to offer to make sure that he's trying to get get him in to talk to somebody so that there's a contact outside the family who's so, so close in that rural town. And a lot of times in a yeah. rural town they only offer, you know, there are only so many places that will offer counseling, which the the, the pros and cons are the pros are it's, it's usually pretty available to get into, but the cons are sometimes people don't always match up uh, the ideally with the, the, the first person they go see and I hate for people to give up on counseling if they don't match perfectly um, so he I can so and he has given he has given up before I was gonna say because if you describe him as someone who's volatile he might be go in and if it doesn't fit, work perfectly for him that day he might say well this doesn't work or and so right I, and there's a history of all that so it's very complicated but but in, I care about my best friend in this situation and of course her family but you know, given the gravity of her comments to me today, you know, fear I fear for everyone. I do. I mean, I do too. I mean, I, I think it's a reasonable. It's a. It is a reasonable fear. It's. It's so. It, the. I think the main issue is to constantly come back to what things can be done. So, in other words, can we get him a new contact in his small town? Um. You, you know, are, are there different resources that we can get to him, uh, to get him involved with? Because there need to be another eyes on him. Now, if it gets down to we can't find any resources, I'm just going to tell you my problem solving is I'm also going to let the uh, if I'm in her shoes i'm also going to let the local authorities know just to make them aware of it in case they're going to call her so sometimes that could help her especially if she's more rational and she is like problem she her mentality is more problem solving if she calls the local authorities let's say she can't get him into a new counselor and if she calls the local authorities and has a conversation says look here's my situation um what do you recommend that, I think that will be helpful for her because she'll be able to say, I'm, I am solving and she will be moving forward with solving some stuff. And then at the same time, talking to her parents about being mindful to be, you know, if, if there are things that we know trigger certain things, what we, you know, what can we be mindful of so we can almost plan ahead and be few steps out in front of it? Yes. And we did talk about that today, notifying the local authorities, which they're fully aware of who he is and such. Um, so she is that rational that she thinks like you, which I really admire <laughs> in both you and her and anybody that doesn't have that like strong emotional drive in every decision that they make. But you know what? I think there is some absolute beauty in people who uh, use those that passion and that emotion in their decisions. So I, I really don't. I I genuinely, with my whole heart, don't believe there's one right way to do it. I think we all need each other. I think that's really a, a really a, a a staple of being a human being is we need each other. So I know she needs you and. Um, if there are moments when you you're reacting strongly is something that is more uh, like scaring her, then maybe you step back and say, let me be a little less emotional this minute. But then there are other times where she's probably going to say, wow, Rebecca is going to rally for me. I know that if I'm upset, like I know Rebecca is going to be upset with me. Um, and that's probably comforting to her as a friend. Sure. Absolutely. She, uh, she definitely knows. I mean, she's been there for me in so many ways and, um, I appreciate your input. Um, I may have limited time here. I do have a quick side note that I'd love to ask you about that deals with my own mental health. Um, and you and I having a quick call on air a few months ago. 
Oh, nice. Well, listen, we're going to be I'm up I'm up against one more break, but I'm going to put you on hold and I'm going to co- I'm going to come back to you in just a minute. Um Oh, really? Okay, thank you. Yes, hold on one second. So, this what these what we're talking about tonight are these types of issues are issues that I I'm aware are impacting other people other listeners out there this is why this is such an important topic when it comes to our emotions because there's no one right way to deal with it but not really taking the time to deal with it can give us more trouble that's why I love when people are taking the time to be proactive and try to solve these try to solve their issues to the best of their abilities the number is 866-391-1020 if you want to be a part of the show and you can dollar bank instant access at kdkradio.com this is emotional management I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDK Radio this is emotional management a weekly checkup from the neck up with Dr. Christian Conti brought to you by Summit Psychology services on KDKA radio. It's Monday night, emotional management. It's the night to really get that checkup from the neck up. 866-391-1020 is the number. The dollar bank instant access is kdkaradio.com. And you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. We have a dollar bank instant access um, from Jen. She says, my 18-year-old daughter recently said she wants to travel to California to meet her online boyfriend. Any ideas to help? Um, Yes, I do. I do have ideas to help. So I specialize. I've spent 20 years working with people convicted of violent crimes. And I can, I, I can understand that what I've seen has certainly shaped how protective I am and the way I see the world. But, you know, I'm very skeptical of people, you know, meeting online and especially young people because, you know, they do television shows. There's a show called Catfish about this whole concept where people will... They'll, they'll pre- present themselves to be one thing and or, you know, and then there's something totally different. And the reality is that there are probably um, lots of people who make very safe, uh, just good connections through online, uh, you know, connections. That's very possible. But there's also danger in it. So I think what happens is this. I think if you come at your daughter saying, um, this is definitely something dangerous, this is definitely something that's wrong and bad, then you're probably going to drive her to want to take off faster to get to her online boyfriend. If you take the time to acknowledge that she probably really does have very real feelings uh, for this person and you take the time to listen to her, then you are much more likely to have her listen to you in return. But I cannot stress enough that if you just come at her with, you don't want to go do this, this is wrong, this is bad, this is dangerous, then she's going to rely on all the information that she's getting from the that connection and, and justify in her own mind. And in fact, here's what happens. When you tell someone something that contradicts what they believe, it only has them dig their heels in deeper into their belief system. So they might say, no, let me tell you exact. It's called the backfire effect. But so it's going to be really important for you to be my, my three steps to yield theory are listen, validate, 
explore options. And I cannot say enough about that aspect of listening. I I say to people all the time, if I were going to teach you how to uh, defend yourself, we could say punch and kick. And sure, those words are easy to say, but to punch and kick masterfully is going to take a lot of practice. It's going to take a lot of time. And so saying listen, validate, and explore options is easy. Anybody can, can, can do that, but can they do that with a level of proficiency and mastery that can really open up others? So if you want to get around your daughter's fight or flight response, listen validator and explore options and be open to being wrong. I think that is one of the biggest factors that really changes the way people respond to you. If you're sure a hundred percent that you're right and she's wrong, that she's not likely going to listen. And only you know whether or not you truly believe that. If you really go into the conversation saying I'm right, she's wrong. She needs to hear this. You're probably going to shut her down. But if you can go into the conversation saying, I want to learn her perspective, you'll have a much better chance at having her hear your perspective. Let's go to the phone lines. And Marsha in Bellevue, you're on KDKA Radio. Yes, I'm a very loving person, but when I get depressed, I get very, very mean. And I don't mean to hurt the person, but I want them to, you know, like, tell this person to get off to their rear end and go find a job or something and, you know, not just sit around. Yeah. And it irks me to see them sitting around. Is it a, is it a, fa- is it a family member? Them. Is it a family member? Pardon me? Is it a family member you're thinking of? Yes. So let me go a step further. Is it a son? Daughter. Daughter. Okay, daughter. All right. So that's a great question. It's a great question. And yes, there's no doubt that you are a loving person. Yes. I don't want to hurt her. What do you want? You know, how, how old is she? 45. 45. All right. So she's 45 years old, and uh, you'd like her to get out and get a job. And has she gotten a job? Has she worked? Has she spent her adult life working? She worked when she was younger. Now she's just sitting around. And it irks me because I worked when I was her age up until I had to retire, you know, at 60. Well, so now how does she get by? How does she live if she's not working? Welfare. Okay, welfare. And does she live with you? Yes. So do you end up doing things for her that you did when she was little and now you're still taking care of her at 45? I was working when I was 45, and I never saw the, my my mother raised my kids while I was working because I got an early divorce because he was beating me up and everything, and I had to get out of it. So I think one of the best ways for you to get through this, this really this big extreme from either being very loving or very angry would be to set some... See, I'm not an angry person. I just get very mean when I'm angry. Understandable. And I don't mean to be. I'm a huggy person, huggy, well, lovey person. Well, honestly, uh, honestly, Marcia, when whenever we have to get ourselves to say something that we don't want to say, sometimes we have to psych ourselves up for it, and we can use anger as a motivation to get us fired up to say what we want to say. So maybe you're wanting to say to your daughter, like, get off your butt and go work, but you don't want to say, you, it, it's so hard for you to say that you have to find yourself getting mean to actually say it. So that makes sense. That makes yeah, sense. Well, I say what I mean. 
that's to the this is what, how I was. I mean what I say, and I say what I mean. I tell it to the tell it to the point. Get to the point right away. I don't beat around the bush. Now, because she's living with you, um, it, maybe it's one of the things you can work on is setting clear boundaries. Like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. So, if you choose, because as long as you're, you know, she lives with you, she's probably able to continue to to not. You know, to be in the position that she's in. Is she capable to work? Uh-huh. So she's just choosing not to? She's just in an excuse that, oh, my stomach hurts or she'll feel sick or something. And I went to work with a bum knee, with no cartilage in my knee. I went to work with having the flu. And I worked for 25 years in one company, and they appreciated it. And I got awards and everything else. And... I don't know what I can do. So what are, one of the things you can do is set some clear boundaries. Did anybody let you not work when when you were growing no. up? No. So, no. Work. So no one let you not work, but you're letting her not work. You're, you're saying, hey, if you don't work, it's fine. You can stay here, and it'll be all good. I don't want her to do that. I told, keep telling her. Go find a job. Go find a job. So here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to set some, some limits. I know. And say, it's tough love. Well, it's, a, it's okay to set some limits. If she's physically capable to take care of herself, it's okay to say, hey, listen, I, I love you. I can only have you live here for so much longer, and then I'm going to have to say, as much as I love you, I think this is best for you if I tell you you can only live here until August, and then after August, you're going to have to find your own place. If she's perfectly capable to do that, that could probably be one of the greatest things you could ever do for her. Because it's dragging me down the hill, you know, it's dragging me down. My health isn't as good as it was when I was younger. Yeah, no, I understand that. Listen, Marsha, I really appreciate your call. I really want you to hear me say setting clear boundaries is going to help out so much. Okay. Thank you so much for your call. Thank you. You have a good night. Thank you. You too. I, I, I wish I could reach into Marsha's heart and have her feel that as long as she allows her daughter to stay there, then she's kind of enabling it. And I want to help her figure out how to set firm boundaries. We'll talk more about that tonight. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDK Radio. I, don't, I, I almost want to sing when that music kicks in, but I just cannot sing. I can't do it. I can talk about your issues. So if you are struggling and you want to talk, the number is 866-391-1020. The dollar bank instant access is kdkaradio.com. And you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. So here is a dollar bank instant access email. It says, uh, uh, Dr. Conti, I am in serious trouble. I've been dealing with depression, anger, and fighting spiritually. All I feel is anger, irritated, or feel like my body is weighed down. My fiance and I are going downhill, and I have to say I'm the reason lately. I've been treating her really badly, and she doesn't deserve it. One thing that has us arguing is when she talks about emotions and things like that. Uh, when it comes to being emotional or affectionate, my anger pops up and gets really mad. I need help. I'm tired of this. This anger is ruining my body, my heart, and my fiance's heart. So, Christopher, listen, this is a powerful email, and I appreciate your email. 
Um, look, depression and anger, you know, this ties in back, you know, and I kind of really hope Bethany's still listening because I want her to hear that that's such a reality that when you deal with, when you deal with anger, here's the reality. We, uh, shame, depression, anxiety, those are awful, awful feelings. And those feel so badly inside that we would rather lash out in anger so that we don't have to be sitting in the uncomfortable chemicals that are stirred up by shame, depression, anxiety. So we lash out, we lash, we yell. And the moment we yell, the moment we do something out of anger, we feel better for that moment, even maybe as we're expressing it. And then all too often, uh, you know, most people then feel immediately bad about what they just did. I can't believe I just did that. I lost control. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good for two reasons. One, it doesn't feel good to be out of control. And two, it doesn't feel good to know that you hurt someone or even hurt yourself and enacted in that way. So here's my strong feedback for you, uh, Christopher. It's this. Pursue an answer, pursue an answer. Like in other words, you are feeling angry. You're not even really sure why you're, you're, you're dealing with this depression. You're not even sure why my first feedback always is talk to somebody in your area. If you're able to talk to someone, sit down and talk to someone. But the deal is this. And, and honestly, uh, Rebecca was alluding to this earlier. Sometimes when she was talking about someone we wanting to get support, sometimes people go see a counselor and you might think, well, this doesn't work because you just didn't have a good matchup with that person. But there are many different types of counselors. There are many, you know, there's many, many different counselors and not every counselor is the best fit for everyone. I'm not the best fit for everyone. I could go on my YouTube channel right now and I will have statement, one statement after the other. One will be, thank you so much. This helped change my life. And the next statement will be, uh, you're a piece of crap. I don't like you. You didn't help me with anything. <laughs> it's just okay. It's natural. I'm not going to vibe with everyone. I'm not supposed to. Back to my story at the beginning of the show. You can't please everyone. But so I would say get into counseling. Try to find someone. If the first person doesn't work, keep going back until you can find someone that matches up with you because there is someone that can fit with you. And then the other thing is this. A lot of times when you go seek counseling, you're looking for them to fix it. And that's not a counselor's job. A counselor's job, I think the best counselors, their job is to hold up a mirror so that you can see what you're doing. So instead of going to someone and saying, here, fix me, go to them and say, help me get insight to what I'm doing. And that is the biggest challenge. Now I hear that you want to pursue that. I, I get that from your email. So when I say pursue an answer, I say this. I used to say this as a professor. I would tell students, um, you can tell whether or not you're going to be a good student or not, depending on how you uh, pursue questions. So I always say question everything. Everything I say, question. I don't don't just because I say it. I'm not saying to take it as is. I'm saying question it. Question everything. But here's how you can tell if you're a good student if you actually pursue an answer. It's one thing to have a kid say, why do we have to learn this? And it's another thing for them to say, I really want to know why we have to learn it. And I want to pursue an answer and find out why in that same way, Christopher, I tell you to pursue an answer about you pursue an answer to find out what's going on with physically. There might be something physically that's contributing to how you're feeling. It might be 
It could be, uh, you, you know, you could have uh, gone through a head injury and there could be something physiological that is impacting your feelings. You know, a lot of times head injuries go, you really, people don't realize how they impact emotions, but they do. Or also pursue an answer psychologically. Try to figure out what might be contributing to your feelings of depression and your feelings of anger. There might be psychological reasons deep reasons for that. Something might've happened to you when you were young. You might've had an experience when you were a teenager. Um, it doesn't say how old uh, you are in this, but I can imagine with your fiance that you're at least a little older. So you try to find out what might be contributing to that anger, to that depression. Here's another thing. Here's another thing. And this again applies, I think to all, all the, all of the listeners out there, ask yourself what your daily habits are. Are your daily habits contributing. So in other words, are you eating the type of processed foods that are probably not good for you and probably uh, leading toward your feeling angry? Are you, are you eating the kind of, what, what, what are your habits? Are you exercising? Cause if you're not exercising you're kind of like storing up all that energy and then you'd start to not feel good about yourself and you can really lash out in anger because of that. So exercise is a wonderful thing. Think about your daily habits think about substances. You might be taking substances and they might be impacting you in a way that you didn't really realize. And then finally, think about your self-talk. Think about what you're saying to yourself. In other words, Christopher, when your uh, fiance, when you have an interaction and do you say, I can't believe she said that, or I can't believe she did that. Do you react? Do you overreact to more than what the situation warrants? And if you do, then it's worth being mindful what you're saying to yourself that's contributing to you overreacting. I think that is, uh, it's such an important thing to do. So really look at all those aspects of your life. And the more you look at those aspects, it's one thing, as I said, just to look at those aspects, it's another thing to actively pursue an answer and really try to find out and say, what is going on with me? And I think that, I want to be careful with how I say that. So I want to emphasize this really, this is, if I could really have you listen to this part, it's important. It's not just saying, I don't know what could be going on. It's saying, I don't know. I wonder what could be going on. And then realizing that there is something, there is something that's contributing to why you're feeling the way you are. So the more you pursue an answer, the more likely you are to actually find that answer. I love the calls tonight. We still have time for calls. The number is 866-391-1020, or you can email us in the dollar bank instant access at kdkaradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. April Fool's Day, but... We are all business tonight. Let's go to the phones. Luis from Washington, you are on KDKA. Thank you. I have found that if I get a bunch of bills in the morning, in the morning mail, do not start calling them until 2 p.m. Otherwise, you will stew all morning, especially with insurance companies who deny claims no matter what proof you have. So do not start calling them until 2 to 4. Then you can go to bed without stress. Also, number two, never sign an agreement until you have a lawyer read it. 
These, again, especially are insurance companies who constantly want to deny claims. Okay? That's all, right. all I have to tell you. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. You know, it's nice to know there are listeners out there that are thoughtful and want people to avoid stress. Look, when it comes to helping other people, there is a difference. We have two different emotional systems. We have what's called a mirror neuron emotional system. And that is our emotional system that occurs when we see someone struggling and we empathize with them. We are struggling with them. So we see someone sad and that our understanding of sadness gets triggered. And so we kind of feel with them. And then we have something called a fancy name, temporal parietal junction, emotional system, TPJ. Just think where your temporal lobes are. And your parietal lobes are where they meet, the temporal parietal junction, emotional system. And that is our problem-solving emotional system. So watch what happens. As soon as something goes on, we immediately, let's say an, an event happens, someone's upset, so a loved one's upset. As soon as they tell us about this upsetness, as soon as we see them upset, our mirror neuron emotional system is triggered. But... At some point, we're going to switch over into this TPJ, into the problem-solving emotional system. But now here is the gold. The reality is that some people stay in the mirror neuron system much longer, and other people switch much more quickly to the TPJ. So what does this mean? Some people would much rather just you know, when they say something, they just want to be heard. They would like to be heard. They'd like to get it out. And other people would say, I feel like if I'm giving you a solution, I'm actually helping you. But if you have two people who are in different emotional systems and they, they clash, they can really start to get, there can be a wedge between them and they don't even realize that they're both trying to help, but they're trying to help in their own way. So my analogy for you is, Imagine your friend is struggling with seeing at distances. So you take off your glasses and you hand them to your friend and say, here, these work for me. Just put these on and you'll see better. And they put them on. And they say this, I can't see anything now. And then, no, just, just wear those and you'll be better. That just is really the heart of trying to solve someone's problem. And it occurs from a good place. So you might very well want to help someone. And so you hate to see them in pain. You hate to see them suffering. So you say, just don't feel like that. Just don't do that. But that just fix it mentality actually creates a divide between you and the person you're trying to help. And here's why. I want you right now to imagine the kinds of things that bother you. What kinds of things get to you and cause anxiety or anger or sadness in you. Now imagine if when you were experiencing those things, someone said, just don't be experiencing those. Just, just be happy right now. Just this, just, just. Now, as, as soon as someone says that to you, you're going to get defensive and say, well, of course, if I could just be feeling better, I would, but I can't right now. And, and so we do process things differently. We all process things differently. And to be mindful that here, here's the secret that I wanted to give you. Here's the reason why I take feedback so well. Here's the reason why. And I'm going to give it to you right now for free. Here it is. 
Are you ready? My secret is this. I am not convinced that I have all the answers. I genuinely believe that I might not be right. In every instance, I give you my best. I give the world my best, but I give the world the perspective that I see with, I give the best that I have in any given moment, but I am always mindful that my perspective is inherited, inherently limited. In other words, I really am open to feedback because I say, maybe you're seeing something in me that I'm simply not seeing, or maybe the answer to your situation isn't exactly what I think it is. So let me come back to the woman who wrote in about her daughter going away uh, with her online boyfriend. If we really take the approach that, no, I'm right, this is dangerous, this is wrong, this is bad, then... I put a wedge between me and that person. But if I say, listen, I, this is the information I have. I want to learn about your information. I want to learn about your perspective. I'm just giving you my perspective, whether or not you adapt that or not, that's up to you. See, I think there's a big difference between giving advice and giving advice and still holding on to it. In other words, if I give advice, I'm not saying you must do it. I'm just offering advice. If you want to do it, do it. If you don't, don't. But for many people, when they give advice, it comes with the attachment of, well, if you don't want my advice, if you don't do exactly what I say, then I'm going to get upset. I'm going to take it personally. So now the problem the person has, the problem that they had, and now they have you as a problem too, because they have to deal with your, your ego being hurt that they didn't follow your advice. And it's humbling to set our egos aside and it's not easy, but when we give advice, we give it. And if it, and if it's the, and here's the key again, and I'm telling you, this is a key. It comes back to me not thinking that, nope, I really do have the answers. I'm saying, no, this is just what I see from my perspective. And if this is helpful for you, wonderful, incorporate it, integrate it in your life. If it's not, it don't. If it's not the right time and if it, and if it is, and you're just not ready for that, that's okay too, because we are where we are in life. So when you can give advice and not try to fix it for people, gloss over it, make it a lot of times when you see someone struggling, you don't want them to be struggling. So you say, well, it's not that bad. It's not that big of a deal. Um, or we minimize what other people are going through. And from, so, so watch this stepping back as a counselor who has seen this in therapy so many times where one person minimizes how the other person is, uh, what they're going through. Cause they say, no, it's not that big of a deal. Like it's not, you're, you're okay. <coughs> you say you're okay. What you're going through isn't, but I've been through worse. Well, now it's making it about you a and B you're telling them that they're not okay when they're feeling that they, you're telling them they are okay when they're feeling not okay. Think about, let's talk about this on parenting. Now imagine your child falls down and gets hurt and you tell them they're not hurt. You might think that that's kind of benign. What's the big deal? I just said they're not hurt. Well, here's what happens. Our children are learning language. They're learning about their world from the only people they interact with. So if they fall down and they associate pain with, I'm not hurt when they are certainly feeling hurt, all they've learned to do is have confusion with what that pain actually is because they wanted to define it as hurt, but now they have to define it as something else. So you actually teach confusion in your children versus saying, 
yeah, that hurts. It feels like it's going to hurt for a while. And that's okay. The more accurate we are with our language, the less extreme we go. So it's important to really stress that accuracy in our language. It's important to validate where people are. If you're trying to connect with someone else, you don't want to shut them down by saying, look, what you're experiencing isn't a big deal. If you want to connect with them, it's important to understand that your advice, though might be everything that you see really might be wrong. It might be wrong. It might not be the perfect advice for that person at that moment. And that's my secret. And honestly, that's why people have a tendency to open up around me because I'm not going to force my perspective and I'm not sitting here thinking I really do have the answers. All I'm doing is holding up a mirror for you and giving you my best. What you do with that is entirely up to you. If you want to be a part of the show, the number is 866-391-1020. The dollar bank instant access is kdkaradio.com. Or you can text me at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. You're listening to Emotional Management with Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This is April Fool's Day, but we're not pulling pranks. We're getting to business. So let's get to business. We're going to go right to the phone lines. We're going to go to Marilyn in Beaver Falls. You're on KDKA Radio. Hi, Dr. Connie. Nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you. Um, I have a question for my granddaughter that's going to be 10 in May. Uh, She is very emotional. She can cry at a drop of a hat. When she starts doing her homework, she works with her mother, and she just starts crying for there. And then she plays with her sister, and something goes wrong, she just starts crying. Um, there's so many things that set her off, crying. And I always say, I have said to her lately, if you feel like you're going to cry, stop and count to ten. Well, I, listen, I appreciate that advice. I definitely do. Um, I, but I, I'm not sure here, the reason why that's not a, that's a kind of a switch from an emotion to a cognition, a thought, and that's not what she's ready to, to switch over and do yet. So instead I would invite you to try this when she, first of all, I want to know this, what happens to her when she does cry? Like if she cries when she does her homework, what, what does that look like then? Uh, what do you mean? Like, it's like a, do they do they like do they pause the homework then for a while, and do they, or does she get out of the yeah. homework, or does she get help with the homework then? Yeah, she she'll pause, and her mother will try to calm her down. You know, the crying, not yelling or anything. Just you know, we've got to do the homework, and what's the problem? Why are you crying? And she'll say, maybe I don't understand it, or you know, she'll make some excuse when okay. she really does understand it. Okay. It's like she doesn't want to do it. And she very well, she might not want to do her homework. She's ten years old. It makes a lot of sense why she wouldn't want to do homework. Yeah, so, but so, she has to. I mean, you know that. So but she cries for other things so easily. Right, right, right. So I mean, she definitely may have learned that she gets the kind of attention that she's looking for when she cries. Like, and that might be love. That might be a hug. That might be. In fact, I love that you say that her mother doesn't yell. She's just there giving her love. But mm-hmm. what sometimes when kids know that they're going to get love if they break down and cry, they will learn that when I cry, I get that kind of attention and I like that attention. So they might, so what can happen is her mother could be actually supporting it without realizing it. Like, wait a minute. So here's what can happen. 
she can say to her, hey, honey, if you ever need attention, we all want attention. I want attention. You do. We all want attention in life. And if you ever want attention, if you ever just want a hug, I just want you to come tell me. I would love a hug right now, and I will give you a hug. And 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 I think it's so important to let kids know that they can get that kind of attention without doing either something where it's like a, you know, feel sorry for me, but you can mm-hmm. just say, listen, I don't, I don't like homework. It's no fun, but yes, we are going to do it. She will holler at her at times. I mean, she tries not to, but sometimes she gets so frustrated with her because she's crying and you don't know why she's crying. You try to say, ask her, well, why are you crying? You know, did something happen? You know, um, but she just, uh, she does, uh, she does raise her voice to her sometimes, but not all the time. You know? Yeah, no, I understand that. And I think, you know, it's, fu- it's crazy, but these little words, words can trigger stuff in people. So I always say like, let's think you and me, what's, what's the first time in life that you heard the word why? Can you remember like the first kind of times or even just imagine what were the first times when you heard the word Why? Well, it's probably pretty young. Yeah, probably young, and probably we were probably in trouble, right? We were probably in trouble. Yeah. Why'd you do that? So the word mm-hmm. "why" actually gets people to be really defensive really quickly. And if someone's defensive, especially as a child, and they don't know how to deal with being defensive, they usually will break down and cry. So it's really important to try to get around that defensiveness. I'm going to give you an example. This is something that I used to do with our daughter when she was like a toddler. And I learned this technique and it is one of the best techniques I ever learned. But it it was uh, when she would fall down and she would be in pain, I would say, I'm talking like two years old, she'd be in pain. I'd say, wow, it feels like that's going to hurt forever, doesn't it? And she, and like, I really, I'd validate it to the point where I'd be like, it feels like it's going to hurt forever, doesn't it? And she'd be like, no, it's not going to hurt forever. In fact, no, it's better already. And so it was kind of like she could fight against that because there was, I'm not going to give, I didn't give her anywhere to go with it. Like I, I will validate to the nth degree. Like I really want you to feel validated about what you're experiencing. So if she is sad, let's validate. It sounds like really sad. It sounds like this is really sad. Well, listen, how about if we don't do your homework? And let's say you don't do your homework and that's okay. You just go to school tomorrow and the teacher yells at you and then maybe go to the principal's office and he yells at you. And if that's what you'd like to have happen, that's okay. Then we'll just not do the homework tonight. And so we kind of like let her know you do have a choice not to do it, but here's the consequence and it's probably going to be worse than the consequence of sitting down and doing it right now. Yeah. She's a very active child. She's in competition, um, gymnastics and stuff. And she came home with a project Monday and said she had to have it done. They're only giving him like four days instead of a whole week. And she started crying because she said, I, I, she can't get it done. I can't do it in that period of time. You so, know, so, so I would definitely strongly encourage her to take her in to see if, if she could sit down with someone because sometimes counselors can really help them work on that type of stuff. Um, yeah. Sounds like she needs some self-confidence in that. Um, yeah. I, my, her mom's all for that. The, my son is, a little, uh, he doesn't think, he just thinks that part of her hormones, you know, she's changing, and that's why she's crying, because I raise boys, so him raising girls is all new to him. <laughs> absolutely, so. absolutely, and also, she's not really at that age where that's where that would kick in as much, at 10, I think at no. 10, uh, you know, not even quite 10, so yeah, as... I'm, I'm up against a break, but I want to say this, Marilyn, I really genuinely appreciate your call, and I, I definitely want to emphasize validating where she is, taking her in to talk to somebody, and making yeah. sure your son isn't saying, just don't cry, because of course she's going to be sad at times. 
Yeah, yeah. Thank okay, you so well, much for calling. I'll keep listening. I know you'll you'll have some similar ones, and maybe I can pick other things up for from that you One, know, to help her out. One hundred percent. I appreciate you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. This is emotional management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDK Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.